Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. I'm playing child day is whenever whenever anything bad happens in my life I play child day and in the early 90s when I split up with Trevor he had the high-waisted trousers I played child day over and over and over and over again and the reason I'm playing Day today is because I lost Gracie. <laughs> so, Racy Gracie, she of the 14 seat belts, 13 sofas, our darling little Miss Chewy. So, it's been a pretty awful time, hasn't it? Terrible. Awful. It's been awful. So we're doing something a bit different this week. I'm going to read you this week's column on Sunday. And I'm also going to read you next week's column because it's really mean to the listeners who you've been so loyal and so amazing to keep you hanging on a cliffhanger. So it's a bit like streaming. So you're watching The Fall with Jamie Dornan. You're getting it all at once. And you get Jamie Dornan over and over and over again. So we're streaming two columns. And also we, we couldn't do it. I mean, obviously we're devastated. We just couldn't do this more than once, could we? No. We just couldn't. I mean, I've been dreading this all we day. No. So, so this week's column is entitled In Which I Cling On To Hope. And it's all about my beautiful Gracie. I need a drink. Everyone that's been through this will know how this feels, how awful it is. Tuesday. Not my best day. Gracie didn't want to get out of bed. This isn't unusual. She never gets up until I've had my second vat of coffee. But today was different. She lay on the end of the bed, squirming and wriggling and wagging. Normally, she'll step down onto a pile of pillows that I place there to give her confidence. I briefly went downstairs to open the back door for the other collies. She appeared, and then she collapsed. I lifted her into her dog bed. She didn't want to eat, which isn't like her. The night before, after weeks of having a sore leg, she was bright enough for a short potter. 
I felt it was good for her self-esteem. I called Nick, who came round immediately and put a painkiller down her throat because she'd been on painkillers, she'd been on heart tablets, she'd been yeah, on so many drugs. she was a bit sore, didn't we, because she'd been a yeah. bit lame. By midday, she hadn't improved, so I called the vet, requesting a home visit. The vet came with a nurse and examined her. Gracie was very reluctant to stand. The vet took blood samples, gave her an antibiotic and more painkiller. I tried to work and I sat beside Gracie with my laptop. Then Nick called, because the vet called you because I'm deaf when yeah. I'm stressed. I'm the interpreter. And said they need her to come into the surgery now. So we carried her to Nick's car. And it's weird because I've had so much bad news, there are books, that I was slightly fatalistic, detached. My life is shit, and this is just one more shit thing. The vet and the nurse carried Gracie inside to the clinic and we waited. After about 20 minutes, the vet returned. We've done a quick scan and it looks sinister. You need to take her to the referral clinic now. Everything's now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The clinic is in Weatherby, an hour's drive away. Nick drove. She could hear Gracie snoring in the boot. She loves being in the car. She uh, she loves she loves my donut dog beds in the boot, doesn't she? Yeah. She absolutely loves them. We arrived at the clinic at 7pm and discovered that the surgeon had been waiting for us and expecting us. He actually waited for us, didn't yeah. he? Like he was going to, you know, it was past the time to go, so it was really appreciated. He took Gracie backstage. We waited. He returned. We've taken another scan and it isn't good news. She has a cancerous tumour in her chest, which is bleeding, which means she's anemic. Her liver looks patchy. I think of my liver. I need alcohol. I first met Gracie 14 years ago. I'd heard of a collie rescue charity called Wickaways in Lincolnshire. Gracie's mum, while pregnant, had been badly abused in Ireland. No human could get near her. Gracie was born in the rescue centre. I turned up with Sam, the original collie. And the naughtiest. It was love at first sight. Gracie had a pink tummy. She had pointy ears. She was very nervous, just like me. I took her home with Sam, stopping to get petrol, only to discover she'd been sick on her paw. She did a Daily Mail shoot on her very first evening, didn't she? She did, and the photographer was, can you make her do it? Can you ask her to do this? Can you do no, this? No, she's only just arrived. That? She's just arrived. She doesn't know he's sick yet. <sighs> she never did learn to wee outside or not to chew. There has never been a more difficult dog. And we don't say that lightly, do we? She cannot spend even a few minutes on her own. When I'm in the bath, it's seconds before a pointy nose appears. I love her with every fibre of my being. The surgeon tells me there are two options. As she's 14 with cancer and has collapsed, the first option is to put her down there and then. There's no shame in that. Or we can take a biopsy, find out how aggressive the cancer is and have a scan in the morning, followed by chemotherapy. Dog chemotherapy is quite different to human chemotherapy, I think. Yeah, apparently they don't get sick no. like, like we do. I didn't lose all her fur. No, well, no. she lost all her fur. It'd be less hoovering, wouldn't it? Anyway, I opt for option number two. I cannot lose her tonight. 
We stand at reception. Gracie is now insured, but I'm told the treatment estimate is £4,000 and I have to pay £2,000 straight away. The insurance company will hopefully reimburse me, but I can't help thinking, what if I were a pensioner with no money? What would I do now? We leave, me clutching onto Grace's harness, lead and hope. I ask Nick to sell my car to help pay for her treatment. What's the point of it? Compared to a collie who has always been cheerful, despite her horrendous start in life. I'm now in bed waiting for a text from the clinic to tell me she's eaten that she's had her biopsy and is prepared for her scan. If I can just get her home, I will make sure whatever time she has left is filled with cuddles, warmth and love. Amazing grace. There will never be another dog like her. And I had a little asterisk there, because you know I like asterisks. You do like an asterisk. And it says, I still owe Virgin Money £4,000 out of the £6,000 I borrowed for her slip disc surgery Pre-pandemic, pre-pet plan. Yep. And instead of a moan on this this Sunday's column, I've crossed it out and I've got what Liz loves just for one week. So it's very different this week. I know I'm always moaning, but when I got home late that night, having left Gracie at the clinic, a neighbour had left a vegan salad on my doorstep and the local deli, Wilfred's, had delivered a huge box of carrots and apples for the horses. Actually, we had a lot to be grateful for, didn't we? Well, the the, the well, consultant waited to see us, so she didn't have to wait till the yeah. next morning. The nurse, like, when I phoned up at sort of like midnight to see how she was and she chatted for ages and said, she, you know, she'd let us know if she ate. And we, we had a lot to be grateful for because they were amazing. The, the clinic was amazing. So for the first time, you're going to be streaming my column. Just pretend you're on Netflix or the iPlayer with Jamie Dornan. Am I Jamie Dornan? No. No, no. And so this is next week's column because I can't leave you on a cliffhanger wondering what happened to Gracie. And we can't just can't do it two weeks running, can we? We can't. So next week's column begins. Today is my first day. Without Gracie being in the world. <laughs> On Wednesday, the vet nurse let me know that Gracie had eaten. She'd been out for a sniff. She had lots of cuddles and she was now ready for her CT scan, which required a full anaesthetic. I tried to keep busy. I walked the other collies. Min- Minnie wouldn't eat breakfast. She's been at Gracie's side for 14 years. I couldn't even hoover because that would be like erasing Gracie as if she'd never existed. At about 3pm, Nick called me on the mobile. What's happened? Is she awake? I'm coming round to talk to you. Oh, no. Oh, God. She turned up and said, you need to sit down. She had with her a piece of cardboard covered in scribbled notes. Gracie is still under anaesthetic, she told me. The surgeon Rory just called me. He's looked at the scan and also emailed a copy of it to a specialist for a second opinion. The cancer is everywhere. She's got a very large tumour attached to her heart and it's bleeding, which explains why she's anemic she didn't want to get up. She has a tumour on her tonsils, which explains the gagging. See, I knew that was suspicious. No one listens to me. She's got a lump in her throat. There's a mass on her spleen. 
I have water running down my face. To have to to take that phone call was de- was devastating anyway because obviously we all love Gracie. I never get to, nice phone calls. To I come never and get tell nice you, phone calls. To have to come and tell you that was horrific. I mean, it's the second time, isn't it? First with Lizzie. And, and then Gracie. Nick carries on. While she was under anaesthetic, they received the results of the biopsy and it's not good. She's got either one of two types of cancer and neither responds well to chemo. They could operate to remove the tumours, but he doesn't think she'll survive surgery and he doesn't think she'll ever leave the hospital. It was pretty sure. He asks if you want them to wake her up so you can come down there to be with her before they put her to sleep. I've been clinging to hope I would get a few more months. I've been on the Waitrose website ordering her favourite things. She always had human food, you see. Human food. And seatbelts. And seatbelts. Seat Nick starts to cry, setting me off sobbing so hard my throat hurts. Nick has known Gracie since the day I brought her home. She was there for the fruitless toilet training, the nipping of walkers, the herding, the chasing of aeroplanes, the trying to cover up the nest she made in my Terence Woodgate sofa. The shock is so sudden as Gracie was fine on Monday evening before she collapsed. So I told Nick to phone the vet and say, tell them not to wake her, tell her mummy loves her. Nick goes into another room to call the surgeon. I don't know the exact moment she slips away. I can't be bothered with anything anymore. My WhatsApp pings. A message from David too. I guess it's more compelling reading your column if I'm a knob. Oh, oh bugger off. off. I've got bigger problems Typical than fucking timing, men. timing, isn't it? Just bugger off. They never heed my warnings that they will hate appearing in a column. They always think they will hack it. Gracie never minded. I wrote that she was incontinent and she destroyed seatbelts. I can't believe that someone so small has gone through such a big thing to die alone without me. She would groan with pleasure every night when she settled on the pillow next to me. Her bottom on my shoulder like a big furry parrot. She loved being a collie. She wouldn't have wanted to go. Just been such a shock, hasn't it? It was just such a shock. Awful. We keep looking for her around the house, like it's not the same without her. There's this big vacant space on the pillow. But Racy Gracie definitely left her mark, didn't she? All the things she's done over the years. We've had the fountain of we. Stress wee, stress wee, stress wee. Every time she had an accident, I'd just say to her, Gracie, I have accidents. Don't worry about it. She was never told off, was she? But no, because she'd go all squirmy, so you actually had to say, Good girl. You actually said, Doesn't matter, Gracie. Good girl, it's okay. You you wee on the pillow. Good girl, it's fine. Good girl. I don't think people realise. What a difficult time a lot of collies have on farms. No. They're very much seen as working animals. They're not part of the family. They live on the doorstep. They're not given a bed. 
They're probably shot when they're old or dumped like Sam was. But she just lived in the lap of luxury, didn't she? No, she did. I mean, she had the most amazing life. She was so happy. Every day she was so happy. She she just was... I know, she was a really special, really special girl, but it's not the same without her. Well, I'm sorry to depress everyone, but I'm sure anyone who's had a pet will know how awful it is when you lose some. Everyone. And everyone's heard about Gracie for the past 14 years. I mean, Gracie's been in the photo shoots, hasn't she? She's been uh, in the columns. She's been everywhere. You know, she was she's family. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? They are family. They are your family. And that's it. And it's just never been the same without her. They're more than your family, actually, because I didn't sleep with my mum on the pillow every night. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like she, and she was a dog that you couldn't leave. So wherever I went, she was there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And she looked so well on the Monday night, the night before she collapsed. She looked amazing, didn't she? she yeah, I said, cheerful. doesn't she look cheerful? She, she, she was thinking, oh, great. She's feeling better. You know, she's not as lame. She's feeling better. We're on the mend. We're on the mend. Yeah. But every, everyone that looked after her was amazing, wasn't they? And I think in these these situations where it's so devastating, you do have to be grateful. She wasn't ill for a long time. It was very quick. She wasn't in pain. She was still wagging. She was still her, you know. And I think we just have to be grateful for that because as much as it's a shock and it's heartbreaking because it's a shock, she didn't have a prolonged illness you know, it was, it was, she was fine the night before. And I think you just have to take gratitude where you can find it. Have you got a lighter topic, Mac? I have got a lighter topic. I want to, I want to know what is going on with newspapers and news nowadays. Don't criticise mine. No. <laughs> Does it count if it's not you? Huh? Does it count if it's not you? Does it count if it's not you, if I'm not criticising you directly? No, but you can't criticise the man or the man or something. No, I'm actually going for BBC News. Apparently, it's news. Come on, let's. can we just get a life here? Apparently, it's news worth reporting that Liam Gallagher buys a battered sausage in the chippy on his holiday in the Peak District. That's newsworthy. I love Liam. That's not I news, love is Liam. it? I bought a sausage. I love Liam. I went to the chippy. I can imagine Liam's quite difficult, and I think there's only six degrees of separation between me and Liam. I imagine Liam's quite difficult if you were dating him. But it's not news, is it? It's not. It's not news. It's not. I loved him when he did the Manchester concert after the bombing of the Manchester Arena. Do you remember I interviewed yeah, that girl yeah. who was injured? And Liam Gallagher took part in the Manchester concert afterwards and he just turned up in an old green green parker and you're like, just love Liam Gallagher. No, he's in this in this picture. He's, he's with a fan, with his battered sausage, with his hood up in the Peak District because it's obviously raining. And I'm just like, it's not news. It's not But you know Liam's got really news. bad arthritis. No, I didn't know that. He's going to have to hit knee replacements. That's because he's his funny northern wall. Well, he should be eating battered sausages That's his then. northern wall. That's not says. anti-inflammatory, is it? That's not anti-inflammatory. He wants sweet potatoes. 
And the other thing I've been doing is I actually got invited to go to a party on Saturday. Yeah, I like the way I wasn't invited. You wouldn't have wanted to come. It was a party up at the rugby club. Yeah, but it was the vet. I've spent more money at the vet than you have. Well, but possibly not, actually. <laughs> possibly not. Not over the years you have. <laughs> I'm sure. We had this joke, my vet in um, Somerset, that I'd bought the Mercedes and the house. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I pretty much kicked my vets out. No, I was invited to a party, which was lovely. I haven't been invited to a party for, like, years. I haven't been to a party. So I was quite excited, and I thought, great. And then, like, you could think, oh, great, I'm going to get ready. You think, you know, it's all going to be lovely. And then Did you hire a stylist? No, I didn't hire a stylist. Well, I've got Martin. Martin's my stylist. I go, shall I wear this? And he'll go, oh, and he'll give me his opinion, and I'll go and change. Martin's very fashion conscious. He's not, because he brought you a Greg's uniform he for did. Christmas. He did. Martin actually bought me, and I don't know what And she wears him. it. She wears the hat as well. It's really warm on the yard. He bought me a Greg's hat, and he also bought me a Greg's hoodie, which actually is warm and nice quality, so I do wear it. But obviously, it's not a good look, is it? You don't buy a fat person a Greg's hoodie, because obviously it looks like all they do is eat Greg's. Well, that's true, though. It's not. I'm more discerning. I do like the odd vegan sausage roll. So what did you wear in the end? Was it sparkly? Well, no, it wasn't sparkly. It was it was a trauma because what I had forgotten was that I have put on so much weight. So my whole capsule wardrobe now, we'll put it this way, if it goes on, it doesn't mean it looks good. Do you know what I mean? I had this beautiful red dress and it was lovely when I sort of was more was out Was it next? It is next and I love it. Don't you not next? I love it. But I actually looked like Humpty Dumpty. I literally just looked like this belly on legs. And I said to Martin, when I eventually found something to wear, I said to him, how do I look? And he said, you look very casual. And I said, what do you mean I'll look casual? I'm not going to wear this to go to Sainsbury's, you pillock. And he's like, oh, well, I meant you look nice. Why are you asking him? Well, because I'm just getting some sort of opinion. I mean, Boris doesn't care, does he? But I have got a bit of advice for, for, for the ladies because I struggled to get ready. Because I was trying to squeeze in things that now won't go on my leg. But I thought, right, I'm going to dig out the shapewear. I'm going to dig it out and try and cram myself into that. And you know on the adverts, they put these bodies on and they roll it up. And all of a sudden, you've got a flat stomach and an hourglass figure. It's got to come out somewhere. It's got to come out somewhere. I had five boobs and about three back rolls of fat. It was not good. But no. can I just tell everyone what happened the next day? What happened the next she day? She turned up still wearing makeup. Oh, I did. I think it's a good night. If you've still got the makeup Who on the next morning. Who goes to bed Me. wearing their makeup? It's, a, it's against the rule of God and no. Vogue. If you've had a good time and a few no, too many No, no, I think it's really dangerous. I think it's very dangerous. It's dangerous for your eyes, your I've, eyelashes. I've got to be honest. If that's your idea of danger, you ain't lived, love. Do you know what I mean? I've been pushed down the ice cream. I've never, ever done that. You can read this week's diary in full Mail on Sunday's You Magazine. Now, I'm just wondering why our podcast hasn't had a spin-off. There's that awful couple on the BBC with the chat show. 
Yeah. Why don't we have a church show? Is it married? Something. Married. I don't like them. Married, I don't like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I don't like smug married I don't people. Like them, actually. But anyway, there's a podcast. And it's called Lacey and Flynn Have Sex. I think they're Australian, which explains a lot. And there was an interview with them in the Times today. And they've got half a million listeners. We've got three times that. And we are not possible. And they've got a book. No, I know, but other people are doing books. They're doing shows. We're missing out. We need to capitalise on this. Make some money. Anyway, it's all about them having sex. Yuck. And you know Nick's been on a manifesting call, so she can't come to work, but she does all these courses. I love my courses. These people take it one step further, and they have trademarked it. And they've trademarked the name Manifestabated. So you manifest Ugh. while you're masturbating. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Although, having saying that, if you've won the lottery, you could get that excited, couldn't you? So maybe it works. No, you have to masturbate before you win the lottery. No. No, no. And there's a quote from that. The quote's quite funny. It says, one woman was like, I want to go on holiday. I manifestabated, and two days later, I got $2,000 back from a tax check, and now we're going on holiday. Another believer, the podcaster says, wanted a new sofa, and she manifestabated. The manifestabator then received a call from a friend who was moving house and offered them a sofa. I wouldn't want to give my sofa to someone who manifestabates. No, no, I was just thinking, I don't, no, no. And one chapter in their book, because they've got a book, we've got nothing. Why haven't we got a book? You're a bloody writer. One chapter is called Have Sex Even When You Don't Feel Like It. The mood, this ghastly couple argue, is a fallacy. And if two consenting adults in a long-term relationship with careers and kids, horses, dogs, cats, Wait until both people are in the mood to have sex. They'll rarely have sex at all. I've actually got to the age where I'm all right with that. I've got to be honest, I'm all right with that. I haven't had sex since last October. That's quite a long time. That made you go quiet, didn't it? No, no, I was just thinking, yeah, no, it's quite a long time, to be fair. But there are chips and trifles, so, you know, you'll be right. Yeah, but I don't need either, do I? No, no. You've got to get your pleasure from something. Now, we have a Miranda Priestley moment this week, don't we, Nick? We do have a Miranda Priestley Because <laughs> Nick and I went to view a house, because I'm still homeless, obviously. And what did I say? Liz wasn't very impressed with their taste. She thought it was quite tasteless. So she said... She wouldn't know an Eames chair if she sat in one. Because <laughs> people have these beautiful houses and they just have this awful furniture. You know I'm an expert in you, furniture. No, you are. You are. They have this awful furniture and awful taste and it's all old lady sofas and pine and brass, horse brasses by the fireplace. Lots of pine. And I remember I had an argument with some some posh man up here in a Range Rover because he was trying to run over a pheasant. I caught up with him. I chased him. I was like Megan and Harry in the paparazzi. I chased them. And he, I got in front of him and his children were in the back. And I said, what's your hurry? Why are you speeding? You almost run that pheasant over. Do you have to get home to polish your horse brasses? <laughs> and he just looked at me with an open... He couldn't believe a woman chased him and told him off. And horse brasses. What did it ever made you think of horse brasses? Because that's all people have around here, <laughs> isn't it? Pine. 
old lady furniture, horse brasses. They've got no taste. So I said to my friend Isabel, who's northern, she comes from Yorkshire, she went to school in Yarm. I said to her, I'm going to have to buy a renovation because people up here have got no taste. Thankfully, it wasn't the owner showing us around. It was actually the estate agent because this doesn't And they had back. so many bedrooms, so many tiny bedrooms. I said to the estate agent, I'm going to have to buy some children. And he didn't even laugh. No. So people have got no taste and they've got no sense of humour. I think he was quite terrified of you, actually. <laughs> Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. you like to know what debbie has to say come on debbie come on debbie come on Debbie. now we've only got one letter because debbie was very thorough she De- debbie i nearly said david then debbie is getting her money's worth isn't she this isn't your five minutes of fame this is much longer so good on you debbie girl after me own art so she says dear nick and liz given the dire dating experience with david ferrari what who would be your ideal date apart from having his own teeth she wants to know what's the key to a great date. What would kill a date? And your first dates were David oh, and Martin. Debbie, do you want to just come and pull up a chair? And at your, <laughs> and a glass of wine. And given the huge amount of celebrities you've interviewed over the years, who has surprised you with the charisma sex appeal and have any supposed sex symbols disappointed you with your lack of sex appeal? She loves the podcast and the column. Well, Debbie. Work your way through that. Ideal date, Morton Harkett. Oh, for God's sake. I can see he's got lovely jumpers. He's a little bit difficult. Lovely cheekbones. Sparkles. 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 I sent an email to the editors at Year Magazine and said, can I interview Morton Harkett? And they never replied. No, because they probably think that he's going to take an injunction out against you if he's listened to this. So come on, stay on track. Key to a great date, kill a great key, date. Key to a great date is if they're interesting and funny and have anecdotes. Yeah, I don't agree be with that. boring. Don't tell me how many times a week you pay badminton. No, I agree with that. What kills a date? If they ordered octopus. Yeah, I have to say, and also if they start talking about their exes don't want to hear about your ex i don't want to hear how wonderful you are if they're more interested in themselves than they are in you that's bad they're always fascinated by me i have to say oh no normally with me they're more interested in themselves (laughs) okay your first date with david 1.0 i'm keeping her on track here debbie you're all right i'm on your i'm on your side well which first date do you want well, do you want the first date in 1983 or the first date in 2014? Let's do 2014 because no, the first no, date no, in 1983 no, no, really no, first date, no, 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 1983, I invited David to see Susie and the Banshees at the Royal Albert Hall. He didn't know it was a date. I knew it was a date. But that was my point. It wasn't really a no, date. No, but it was a date. Okay, right. So I drove him in the Mini and we saw Susie and the Banshees and on the way back he said, we need to stop 
to get something to eat. So I stopped the car. He got out. He bought a pie for himself and ate it in my car. No one eats food in my car. Did he not offer you a pie? He didn't offer me a pie and no one eats food in my car. He ate a pie in my so car. So he, he ate all the pies then? Pardon? He ate all the pies. It's a joke. Yeah, Second pies. date with David one. 2014. 2014. We went to La Candelocatelli. You mean the date that he knew he was going on? He knew he was going on. I said, why do you want to have a date with me after 40 years? And he said, I just want another look. Right. Okay. And he survived that day. Interesting, right? So he came to La Candelocatelli and I was wearing nude Victoria Beckham. I paid. Are the warning signs not going ding, ding, ding here? You paid. He ex- they, we had drinks in the bar and they said, your table's ready. And he picked up his drink to carry it. And I'm like, I don't carry my drink to the table. I ain't a waitress. Oh, God. Oh, dear God. You know, have some standards. Oh, dear God. Just pick your drink up and carry it for the love of God. And then, after that lunch, he then invited me out for dinner. But unfortunately, between the lunch and the dinner, I had an evening with you magazine readers at a hotel in Kensington. Yes. And I mentioned... I'd had lunch with David and that I was going to have dinner with him and he was my new boyfriend. They contacted him on Facebook and told him. So he had me expressing my love for him on Facebook before we'd even had anything. Proper date. I'm just just doing that. Proper date. Why would you do that? No. Anything that we do here at You Magazine is confidential. What happens at You Magazine stays at You Magazine. Yes. (laughs) You don't talk about... Me and David, you don't talk about me and David, you don't talk about me and David. That's the rules. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It's fight card. It doesn't work like that. Well, my first date with Mark, it was, see, we were friends first, so I don't No, really, they weren't. No, no, we were. We were friends No, they first. weren't. And I think the first date will count, really. The first time we actually... She kept it secret for nine years. <laughs> nine and a half years. He took me up on the quad bike to the top of the moor and he took a little packed, like, dinner and everything and we watched the sunset. That was our first proper That's day. That's rubbish. No, I, do you know what? It do you was, know you can be killed on a quad bike? I love quad bikes. I, it was absolutely lovely because we went up there, we were jumping ditches and stuff and we went right to the top of the moor, which was an amazing view and he'd, he'd packed some... Food that you would never eat in your world because this is Martin. He's never gonna. It's not gonna be classy. It was like snacky stuff, chocolate and stuff. Great pop, and we watched the sunset, and that was actually really nice. And that was that was actually a really good date. Did you kiss him? No, I don't think. No, no, no. It was kind of that sort of first. It might go further and being friends sort of date. If you know what I mean. You see, actually, David's quite forward. Oh, no, Dave, Martin's not. Dave's quite forward. So I wore this Victoria Beckham new dress, which came down sort of below my knees. And he said, the reason I asked you out to dinner was because I could see your pubic bone through your dress. That's not forward. That is forward. That's just crass. That's forward. Don't talk about things like that. No, leave your pubic bone alone. Oh, my God. 
Okay, so who has surprised you with their charisma and sex appeal? Sex appeal, charisma. Bruce Willis. Yeah, but you ended up in his bath. You frightened him. I, I kept going. I said, are you sure you're that keen on Demi Moore? What's the So I kept slagging off his girlfriends. What's the attraction to Demi Moore? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Are you getting back together? Okay. <laughs> and who's disappointed you with their lack of sex appeal? Disappointed? I was very disappointed by John Travolta. No. So he was chatting to me at the Vanity Fair party. And when I'm at a party, and this is before I got hearing aids, I was at the Vanity Fair party. I was trying to sort of stalk Kate Winslet. Not at the rugby club. No, I was at Vanity Fair. (laughs) And all the bodyguards at Vanity Fair recognised me and always made me, and, oh, we love you, Liz. Come on. Yeah, well, bodyguards at Vanity Fair. Oh, I love a bodyguard. It was, it was, it, the Vanity Fair party was just like any other party, really, with couples arguing and women in the corner drinking and no one's talking to them. That was Cameron Diaz. Um, and so John Travolta was talking to me and I was deaf and I couldn't hear and I kept going, Hey, what? Hey, hey, John, hey. And in the end, he gave up. And I thought, and I only realised on the plane what he said. I thought he said... Do you think I'm a bit short? So I said to John Travolta, no, I think you're quite normal size. And only on the... And he then went away. He just left me. (laughs) I said, I think you're quite normal size, John. You're not too short. But then on the plane, I realised... You know when you realise the reality? He said, do you think we should abort? Ah. Did it it not seem strange he was discussing his height with you? Well, he might have had insecurities, mightn't he? And he's going to rely on you to make him feel better. But the thing Ah. is, when you're deaf, you fill in gaps and you make up what they've said because you don't want to appear stupid. So I thought he was saying, do you think I'm really short? But he wasn't saying that at all. He was probably offended at the normal size bit. Poor John. You're the one that I want... I liked him in Michael. You know when he's got the angel wings on and he's doing this very cool dance? I don't like that film. Don't what about he the, resurrects what the about dog? Pulp Fiction. Do oh, you like Pulp that? Pulp Fiction, yeah. Love Pulp Fiction. Love Pulp Fiction. Now I want to be Sandy. I wore her disco pants for a shoot. You got in them. Mind you, you're little, weren't you? Can you imagine me trying to get in them? I got in Olivia Newton-John's disco pants. Oh, my God. And I posed on the steps of the hospital club in her disco pants. We're going to have to dig these pictures up, aren't we, and put them on Twitter? Pardon? I'm going to seek and find these pictures and put them on Twitter. No, you are going to put a picture on Twitter of Gracie looking all happy and squirmy. Gracie, Gracie. With the wag. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.